0: He hosts a nationally syndicated show called Rider Than You, 10 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday on the Odyssey and CBS Sports Radio Network. He also joined my other show, BetMGM Tonight, where I was joined by my co-host, John Martin. Let's get right into it.
1: Here to help us break it all down, NBA insider Bill Writer. CBS and CBS Sports Radio, he joins us now. Bill, what's going on, man? Appreciate the time as always. What's up, guys? Good to be back on yeah man so let's uh let's jump into it here um denver is 28 and 13. they obviously employ the greatest player right now uh in the world in in the joker and they are still not the prohibitive favorite in the betting markets they are still hanging around there at number two in the betting markets behind boston depending on where you look that could be four and a half to one maybe better um is there still value in the Nuggets at 4.5-1, to 5-1, to one, depending on, you know, what number you're getting right now?
2: I think there is, and I, I think there's a few reasons. Now, if you talk to GMs and scouts, right, there's sort of a – there's two camps. There's the camp that I'm in, the, the argument that, that appeals to me the most, which is that Denver has a very clear path forward. There are no real contenders at the level that Denver's at. The separation between Denver and everybody else, is much wider than the separation between Boston and the East and everybody else, and that the landmines we thought would emerge, like the Phoenix Suns and others, aren't real. I, I buy into that. And you also look at the history of the NBA, and you have lots of teams that win multiple championships, not, not always back-to-backs, but that win them in spurts. You have a, a short, small number of teams that will win NBA championships over 5, 10, 15-year stretches. I personally think Phoenix is obviously vulnerable, will remain that way. I don't think the Warriors, the Lakers are going to get right on any level that makes them a true contender with Denver. Everybody that's anybody in the NBA will tell you the Thunder are really fun, but they're too young. So, yeah, I think there's some value because I think Denver has the easiest path to make an NBA Finals for any of the teams that, to my eyes, look like real championship contenders this year.
0: I know that the trade rumors are swirling, Bill. And one of my favorite articles that you wrote was about the Atlanta Hawks and just how bad (laughs) things have been and they bring in Quinn Snyder. We talked a lot at nauseam about the organizational power structure there, which is nepotism beyond belief, but they are now, as we predicted together, an absolute disaster as promised. Everyone is on the table but Trey Young and Jalen Johnson. What are you hearing on Atlanta's side of things on how to fix this? Obviously, DeJounte Murray, who they gave up three first-round picks for along with some swaps. Is has been rumored to go to a bunch of places, but are they headed for a full rebuild? And if so, what's that mean for Trey Young?
2: Yeah, they may be. There are certainly m- multiple GMs who I have talked to who are licking their chops, or in some cases, if they're not buyers, just sort of interested in a gossipy kind of way about the idea that the wrestler family and Tony Wrestler owns the team, Nick Wrestler works in the front office, they really control... Operations. Some people will tell you, Landry Fields, the GM, would push back on that. He certainly has to me. Uh, I think he's just saying what he has to say. But yes, there is a sense that there will be potentially a fire sale. The issue becomes how the Hawks value their assets compared to the rest of the league. And so, take Dejounte Murray for example. The Lakers are very interested and have had internal conversations about trying to bring Murray in, trying to bring bring, bring Levine in, one of those two guys. But The understanding that the Lakers have and other people is that Atlanta is going to want to recoup what they spent on on Murray, and that is not realistic. That guys like DeAndre Hunter, who they paid, uh, are going to bring some kind of return is certainly unrealistic compared to what maybe they would have gotten a year or two ago. So, yeah, it's a a great question because the Hawks are a dumpster fire, and they're a disaster, and things have not turned around under Quinn Snyder. But you're not going to get the return on the players that you need is what most people will tell you. Unless you decide, hell with it, let's move on from Trey Young too. And at least so far, it doesn't sound like that is where that organization is.
1: Yeah, like that's a, that's a really hard thing to, you know, look at your fans and, and, and say. And also it's hard, you know, to, to pull off if you're, you know, another team, right? Because I just remember for how many years were we talking about the Raptors doing something like this. And I mean, and I know ultimately they had, they have done it. They have finally shipped OG out of there, but for, you know, it felt like two trade cycles. It was trying to get blood from a stone for OG. You could offer four first, you could offer all these things. And ultimately there just wasn't cooperation. Right. So like, it feels like anybody's available for, you know, everybody has a price, but it's like, how many teams realistically are going to be able to meet a price. And then to me, that's like, how serious are you when you start getting into that kind of territory? You know what I'm saying?
2: I do. And look, here's the other issue that, that you face with, with Atlanta. And I'll just give you a perspective of multiple GMs and front office folks from teams that have contended for or won NBA championships over the last five, six, seven years. So that doesn't mean they're all right. But there's a perspective that is coalesced around Atlanta that is at least worth listening to. And that is that um, Trey Young is really talented and really good but there's a view that you can't win with the guy, that you cannot win with Steph curry Light, who doesn't play defense, and is not a culture guy. Now, you can push back on that. You can push back on whether he's a bad culture guy. Now, this is a guy, a dude that we know ha- has been voted most overrated player in, in some player surveys. Uh, I can tell you from reporting, at least under the Travis Schlank regime, was not loved in that in that locker room. But even from a basketball sense, there's just concerns you, you can't build a winner where-, where he's the guy. And if that's true, if that's accurate, that is a widespread view. It puts you in a tough spot if you're Atlanta because it doesn't matter what you bring in if if you need more than just trade to be the the center of the universe, and it is harder to trade in for what you think the return is. To your point, to make your fan base happy, because there's a lot of GMs out there who might take Trey Young if they're desperate, but are not going to spend the world because they just don't think he's a difference maker the way that say Kawhi Leonard was when you brought him into Toronto and you put him into a pretty good culture and went to the next level.
1: Exactly, that's that's always the, the the quagmire. I'm here in Memphis, Bill, and so I saw up and up close and personal uh, the uh, the Warriors lose right. to our G League affiliate last night. Um, and obviously, <laughs> it was you know, yeah, like you're like, oh, great, Gigi Jackson, this is fantastic. Vince Williams, these guys maybe could be useful in two or three years, but obviously, the the major takeaway is that's a Warriors team that had everybody back. This is Draymond's glorious return. Adam Silver convinced him, don't do it, big fella, don't call it a career just yet only for him to come back and lose to again the south haven grizzlies um how do you unwind this because this is an unmitigated disaster uh and it's not going to get better and they don't have that many assets it feels like so when you're you know trying to unwind and untangle a dynasty and compete and contend steph says he wants to stay okay how do you even begin a process like that bill
2: yeah, it's a great question. And by the way, great minds think alike because I made the exact same non-joke joke about the G League Memphis Grizzlies beating the Warriors on CBS yeah, Sports HQ exactly like an hour ago. I mean, that's yeah, a mess that's, they no, it's true. Yeah, no, it's true. So it's it's a great question, and I think we're there's a good chance we're going to find out because Mike Dunleavy Jr. is obviously in charge of basketball ops now, rather than Bob Myers. So outside of staff, there there are no sacred cows, and I think. But the the actual answer to the question is in the past tense, which doesn't help anybody. But the answer to the question was, develop your young guys, and I would point to Jonathan Kaminga, but he's not the only one. Some of those guys have left and some have stayed, so that they are good enough to help you as your stars age, and that was the plan. They just didn't execute it. I think that's on Steve Kerr and his rotations and some of the things, his developmental approach with, with those young guys. It's too late now, right? They have to be good enough to help at this stage, or good enough you can trade them for real assets they failed in that respect and I think the other thing that needed to have happened is leadership and maybe these are connected in the locker room that was the best locker room in the NBA and Draymond Green was a huge part of that but from Jordan Poole to his suspension and his return even it, it went away And I think you saw, you saw Draymond sort of lecturing the guys yesterday and doing his leadership thing and saying after the game we gotta I think the quote was man up and have, whatever it was it I'm told and it looked like it did not resonate the same way so I don't know what I'm not sure what you can do is the honest answer. I think there were solutions to this obvious reality that the Warriors players were going to get older and that Steph and, and Draymond and Clay, one of or two of those guys and it's not Steph, it's the other two weren't going to be at the same level. I think now you, you have two pass forwards. You hunker down and you try to make the play in and be what the Lakers were last year, right? Make a deep surprising run, but you maybe go further because of Steph or and this is probably the better approach. You blow the whole dang thing up outside of Steph, and that includes, is there a return for Draymond Green? It's been lessened because of the drama. Is there a return for Clay Thompson? Are some of these young guys more valued around the NBA than they're valued within your team? But I think it's one extreme or the other. It's go with this group or blow it up and very quickly try to put a different group around Steph Curry.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You talked about Pascal Siakam and this Raptors team earlier a little bit with John. It's very strange, Bill, because Masai Ujiri has now lost multiple stars for nothing, does get end up something back from OG Ananobi, but now this Siakam thing looks like Siakam's not going to give anyone assurances of extending. He's testing free agency with everyone but Toronto. Do you think there's a, a reality, a scenario that exists where Masai's going to lose him for nothing too?
2: So it's a great question and I, it's well timed for me because I was making some calls today, and a Western Conference executive who is really close involved in a, in a front office that, that's that's active, right, just trying to get people, told me that Siakam is letting anybody who will listen know he will not stay, do not sign him, because he wants to stick around so it doesn't impact his ability for a massive, massive deal, right, with All-NBA and some of those things. And so to answer your question, yeah, I, I think Toronto is in a really tough spot because it sounds like Siakam's plan is to not be traded and and to just go into this thing have an utter and total freedom and to capitalize and maximize the the mega amount of money that that he's able to make and obviously if you're that organization you are in a rebuild you have to i think move on from that player he's not going to be there but the price is driven down and he may move but it's going to be for a team that just does it as a rental because there's a risk he won't sign, and, and obviously rentals bring back a lot less in return than someone who's willing to stick around.
1: We're talking to Bill Ryder, NBA insider for CBS, CBS Sports Radio. I want to go back to Memphis really quickly because I think they have a very intriguing situation developing. Um, you know, you look at them on paper, and obviously this season is lost. Uh, with Ja having the shoulder surgery and Desmond Baines out for the next six weeks. Um, but this core, which I think most in NBA circles would agree of Ja, Jaron, and Desmond Bain, is among the most promising. It's only played 103 games together. And Jaron's only got two years left on his very team friendly contract uh, after this one. And there are starting to be whispers about what this looks like. Um, for a market like Memphis, I mean, it, isn't this just the cruelty of the NBA where you can draft well and you can nail it? I mean, you can get a guy like Bain at the end of the first and you can get lucky with Ja, but you got to have the injury on your luck on your side too because those guys have only played 103 games together. It seems unfathomable, but it's true.
2: Yeah, no, it's, and Jaren looked so good against the Warriors. It, was, it, it reminds me, to your point of their bad luck, of, of Sam Presti's first sort of – Compilation of a great young team in Oklahoma City that did make a finals with Durant, Harden, Westbrook, but couldn't keep them together. And, and obviously, all, all of those guys eventually went their own way, and they just they, they couldn't get it they couldn't get it to work. It, and i I lived in I'm from Iowa, went school in Missouri, and I lived I kept working south, and I lived in Little Rock for two years, so I spent a lot of time no offense Little Rock in Memphis because Memphis was fun. i so I got a soft place in my heart for for, for that city. And I thought I'd be spending a lot of time there, traveling for conference finals and finals over the next two or three or four years, and the injuries. And let's let's be frank, John ja Morant doing stuff he shouldn't have been doing, yep. and, and yep. cutting short his availability at times. Right? It, it, now here's the good news, and I think it's it's not it's not all roses and rainbows and puppy dogs, but. At least that locker room loves Ja Morant, right? That's not true for every star. And it's cert- if Trey Young got suspended for some for, for some for some inappropriate behavior, it would be hard for him to go back to that Atlanta locker room and even be, be seen there. Those guys in Memphis love Ja, and so their window now, right, is not just win. As I understand it, talking to folks, when Ja comes back next year, they have got to like feel like a team that can compete, so that Jaron wants to be there or maybe they can bring in some veterans, guys like – I know they traded for this guy, but Marcus smart, like and, – and, and try to push through that window because they got to win now because you always got to win now when you can, and, and now is really starting next October, next season. But you're right. It, that market – and I'm from markets like this – means that if you miss or it goes south, guys will start to leave, guys will start to rethink long-term contracts, and then you're starting over. So it's a very precarious position for the Memphis Grizzlies, and I think the next – you know, 12 and a half months, not this trade deadline, but the next trade deadline between now and that moment is be really important.
1: Absolutely. Hey, Bill, great stuff, man. Appreciate it as always, man. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Thanks, guys. Bill. Thanks, guys.